What's up, blood drinkers? <laughs> we got a special show for you today. I have with me none other than Amanda Bear Lecter. The one and only from Instagram. She is a scream queen, so to speak. She loves horror movies. Uh, probably more than I do. And I don't talk about horror movies a lot, but I do love me a horror movie. And this week, this episode, this show, we talk about the Fear Street Trilogy that's streaming on Netflix. It's been out for, shoot, about a month and a half now. So if you haven't seen it, eh, you know, you still got time. Go ahead and go watch all three before you listen to this because we have heavy spoilers spoiler alert all over the place on this and we leave nothing unturned well you know we aren't professionals we are just enthusiasts we are horror enthusiasts <laughs> that sounded that sounds bad uh, with bad pronunciation anyway we go through all three of them the 1994 actually there, there are four of them right 1994 1978 1666 and 1994 part two uh as many of you know these are based on the books the fear street series by rl stein and we go over a little bit about that and about how these were made um really not much more i could say i mean that's pretty much all we talk about uh throughout the whole thing so i can give you a synopsis like i usually do about what we're going to talk about but why don't we just uh, let the talking do the talking, so to speak. But before I get into that, I do have to mention, you can follow us on Instagram at Cold Brew Podcast, also on Untapped, and also follow our good friend Amanda at Amanda Bear underscore Elector. Right now, she's going under the handle Bruella Duvel. And so without further ado, here is Amanda and I talking about Fear Street. So first thing I want to ask you is, have you always liked scary movies or is this something, a, a newer love? You know, like, I, I feel like since I was little, um, I used to be afraid of everything and now I still am. <laughs> so... Uh, but I used to watch horror movies. Like I have an older sister and we have about an eight year age gap between us. Okay. And so, you know, she was, so she was older and cooler and she got to watch scary things. So, you know, I always felt like, well, um, you know, I can try to act tough and watch this too, but really was just like scared out of my wits. <laughs> Hiding behind so. a pillow half the time. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I would get scared of, like, Scooby-Doo episodes sometimes when I was little. So that's how that's how bad it was. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with a show that used to be on. I'm totally dating myself with this, but whatever. It's Saturday the 14th. No, I, I'm unfamiliar with that. Okay, there was a movie, and then there was, like, there was a TV show that was Friday the 13th, the series. Do you remember that one? Yeah, it was. it, it wasn't that great. No, it was it was absolutely terrible, right? <laughs> but I was obsessed with that show. Like mm. I would watch that every week and just get freaked out. So then like a couple years after that or maybe like around the same time, my memory's not great, but my parents allowed us to get a TV in our bedroom. Okay. 
that's a big step right there yeah and at, at that time like um showtime was like included in our cable package and my parents didn't block it off our tv <laughs> okay so we would like wake up at you know 11 30 it wasn't super late but you know for like a 10 year old it was like uh and watch tales from the crypt oh i love that was hbo that's not showtime oh yeah you're right that was hbo i love yeah. tales from the crypt i was there every fucking every week it was brand new i loved it yeah, like we would try to sneak it and like watch it low key, like turn the volume down really low and sit like really close to do the you TV. Remember, do you so remember that, that one it? episode? One that sticks out to me was the one where the this mad scientist was able to give this guy nine lives from a cat. And, oh yeah, and yeah. he was like a magician, and he would do depth defying, and he was and he was in a coffin with his little candles, recalling his whole life and how he got there, and then. At the end, he realized that the cat gave its life for him, and so then he was gonna die. Then that was that that yeah. that that just totally tripped me out, and I still remember that to this day. That was a great episode. Yeah, I gosh, there was one. I, I you know I might have to look this up because I'm not sure I'm even remembering this clearly, but I feel like it was a Tales from the Crypt episode where the, it was like the old farmer's daughter set up. You know where mm, like mm-hmm. the, the guy comes to the farm and. He's like, you know, stay away from my daughter. You can sleep in the barn. And then, like, I don't remember exactly how it goes down, but the guy's face gets melted off. Oh, I don't remember that. There's so many. There's like a face melting scene that was like, it it really stuck with me. <laughs> it was like, oh, my God. You know, it, but those were really scary special effects at that time. Oh, yes. And it was, yes, it was. <laughs> and especially if you were little and you didn't understand how special effects worked. Yeah, so, it seemed yeah. real. No one told you it was movie magic. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, this what guy's was your... face melted off and like the eyeball popped out. <laughs> Do you remember the first scary movie you ever watched? The first one that I remember clearly watching, and I'm gonna say not including anything animated that scared the crap out of me. But the yeah. first thing I remember very clearly watching was The Exorcist. Ooh, that's a <laughs> that's a heavy hitter. Yeah, right so there. I can I can put that one directly onto my sister who was babysitting uh babysitting while my parents were out of town and uh she she totally let me watch The Exorcist at like seven years old. Okay, so you were and, seven. <laughs> yeah. And that like that really stuck with me. <laughs> that stuck with me for like my whole life. And I still get scared. Um I, I still like kind of hide my eyes at that scene you know where she crawls backwards down the stairs oh man yeah that still freaks me out i still you know pull one of these right but yeah it's like but i love horror movies but i actually do get like scared very easily i scream and i get anxiety and i start sweating and i'm a nervous laugher so if something's really scary to me i'll start laughing i could never watch the saw movies in the theater because of that you know it was like <laughs> yeah because i just look like a creep who's laughing every time somebody's getting murdered and it's like really i'm just scared <laughs> so that's awesome yeah. so you get you lose, lose yourself in the movie you try not to talk yourself or logic your way out of the scary scenes right right yeah yeah because what's the I, point I don't do it yeah i'm like i would rather just sus- suspend disbelief and just go with it and yeah and enjoy the enjoy the moment right yeah and there's a lot of times you have to suspend your disbelief in fear street <laughs> which is what we're <laughs> going to talk about yeah. but that's fine i mean i was wrapped up in 
in the whole saga. Like from the beginning, at first I put it on just like I got to put something on. Netflix recommended it. I'm like, oh, OK, I'll put it on. And I wasn't really paying attention to it, you know, in the beginning. Then I started watching a little bit more. And then part two I watched and I was kind of in and out on my phone. You know how people. But by part three, I was like, OK, putting everything down and watching this whole thing. Um, what was your whole what was your take on the whole series? You know, I really, I really liked the second one best. Okay, why is that? I, I like the second part best. I just really like campy slasher movies, and like I, I that that's just my genre that I kind of gravitate toward. I really okay. like those, yeah, like sleepaway camp, and uh, yeah. So I really like that, like seventies time frame and that whole feel and i really love oh, the soundtrack on that one sleepaway camp i mean no spoilers i mean i don't know if anyone's seen it but is that the one with the the transgender killer oh yeah yeah, yeah. the reveal the big reveal at the end that was i was like yeah. when i first saw that like years ago i was like blown i was like holy shit i had never seen anything like that before what a great twist yeah those yeah those movies are are actually really good especially for the time that they were produced so yeah. Yeah, because you, you think you're just getting, like, the campy girls running with their boobs out thing, and then they mm -hmm. flip the script on you, and you're like, surprise, this is a real horror movie! Yeah, yeah and but, very clever and everything, too, the way they presented yeah. it, I thought, anyway. So, um, yeah, uh, out of two, out of the three, yes, that is seemed like the most, uh, um, it, it sticks out between the other two, because part one, the night, part 19, you know, the part one, the 1994 and 1666 are tied together. Yeah, because you know, yeah, yeah. there's also the part two of 1994 at the end of 1666, and there's a lot of the same actors. Part two, there's a whole set of new actors. Right. Yeah. So that kind of because it was what was her name? It was her story of Ziggy's like, story. How she? Yeah, the how she survived the killer. Which honestly, we probably could have taken care of that in just like ten minutes. Because, like, why does she have time to relate this whole story when, you know, everything's going to shit and everybody's about to die? Right. But she has time to sit and relate from the beginning of the story. <laughs> like, um, no, you should probably just tell them, hey, we found... Oh, is it okay to do spoilers? Are we doing yeah, spoilers? Yeah, no, yeah, this, we'll by this point, at this point. Okay, so... <laughs> I'll, 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 like, I'll so put a spoiler warning before we start talking. Okay, so it's like, you know, you probably just should have led with, uh, I know where the witch hand is. Mm-hmm. Instead of telling this whole story. But they wouldn't <laughs> get the, the context of it. <laughs> right. But, you know, when everybody's about to die, do we really need the context? Right. You know, I, That's true, yeah. In, in reality, this would not have worked out the same way. But true. in reality, there probably wouldn't have been a witch hand to begin with. No, that's true. What, um, did you... How did you find out about Fear Street? Did, have you read the books? Were you... So... You know, I, I intended to read the Fear Street books before this whole, before I watched it, but I actually just never got around to it. Did, so so I, you, you knew a, that they were coming out? Yeah, but I have okay. a, a good friend who's really, really into these books, or she was when she was younger. And so she was really excited about it. So she was like following the news mm -hmm. on, um, on Reddit and stuff and like, she would update me like, it's coming out on this day. You know, we got to watch it. We got to watch it. We got to watch it. So... Uh, I ordered the books, <laughs> but just didn't get around to reading them. So I'm going to have to do it afterwards and kind of see uh, how they 
relate back and stuff. And I kind of wish I had gotten around to it, but. Now you're talking about yeah, the 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 full series, or just like the two or three books that the that this these this movie series is based off of. Um, I I only ordered, I well I ordered four books, and I only ordered the fourth one because she said that it was related or that some of the stories were related in it. Okay. But yeah, but just the main three books, and then this one extra. So. And the short the short reads, right? They're like hundred something pages. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's something that I probably could have gotten through relatively easily. I just never sat down and did it. So I was going into this, like, not even really knowing what these movies were about. Okay. So it was kind of, yeah, like just kind of a blank slate for me because I never even really watched. I'm not the person that likes to watch every trailer, you know, like, oh, I don't like uh, to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like to go into things blind and and not know what things are about and mm -hmm. and just kind of experience it. So, um, yeah, but I really didn't. Other than what my friend had told me and how excited she was, I really had no context for what these were going to be about. I had no idea these movies were based on books until I watched 1994. And at the end, it said based off the novels by R.L. Stein. I'm like, holy shit, really? Mr. Goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think we all read the Goosebumps books or, you know, like we At all took those them. out from the library. Yeah. And they had the, <laughs> the series on Nickelodeon, too. That's right. I forgot about that. I completely forgot about that series. Yeah. Man, I kind of want to see if that's available somewhere to watch now. I wonder if that's available anywhere. Oh, it might be. You have to. You have uh Eh, you can look it up afterwards. We're, we're talking about Fear Street now, not the Kitty stuff. <laughs> and I guess the Fear Street is more uh, based, or you know, for young adults or or teens. Um, mm -hmm. This movie, this movie though, like my my daughter, she's ten. She's about to be ten. She loves one of her favorite movies is um, why, why can't I think of it? Uh, the Conjuring. She loves scary movies. Yeah, I know, right? She's ten. Oh my god, she is so brave. She loves them, but in Paranormal Activity and The Nun, she loves The Nun. In fact, her birthday party, which is going to be in, um, was it the in a week, it's going to be next Saturday. Um, her theme is scary movies. Oh well, that's awesome. I would like to be invited. You are invited. Um, <laughs> if, you can get to, if you can get to Arizona by next Saturday, you are invited. I will be the most scared person. They'll be embarrassed of me because I'll be the, like the most scared person there. I'll be screaming and freaking out and her and her friends will be like. Her her Ew. piñata is Anna Annabelle. Oh, that is amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. It's, it's, a, it's a doll shaped piñata and then they just uh, glued a, a pic, uh, fa Annabelle's face on it. So it's not like a perfect paper mache uh, yeah, cut out. But. Please, please, please post pictures of this. I want, I, I want to see this <laughs> I go will. down. I'll put it on my private Instagram stories, and you'll, you'll be invited. <laughs> that, that sounds really amazing. But so, uh, but uh, I don't know if I would show this to her only because um, the the hardcore sex that's in it, especially in part two. Yeah, yeah, they did really. Yeah, um, for something that is based on a YA novel. Right. That was really, my point to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. There's like drugs in it and there's sex. And I did ruin. So I watched the second one with a friend and I did ruin that uh, drug reveal, the Tylenol reveal. Oh, you already <laughs> knew that? Yeah. I swear, when I read the numbers, I'm uh -huh. like, it's Tylenol. 
<laughs> you already <laughs> you know your drugs all right good for you <laughs> it's tylenol guys it's tylenol that's funny yeah i i had i didn't know i i could have looked it up i'm like ooh. i i grabbed my phone to look it up i'm like nah just wait let's see if they talk about it <laughs> but the yeah, uh, like i well i just know it from like a first aid class like you always you look and you make sure that what you're giving someone is in fact tylenol oh like, yeah, okay tylenol. So, you know, like, so, you know, I know what the numbers are, but that was just like, I just ruined that reveal for everyone. Surprise, everyone. It's not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is drugs, but not narcotics. Right. Yeah. Not the drugs they wanted. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were hoping for some kind of trippy stuff because the, the nurse right. up to that point, she tried to kill Tommy. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, let's start with 1994. Um, what was your overall impression of 1994, Fear Street 1994? Of course, when I say the name or the year, I'm talking, I'm referring to the movie. So from here on right, out. Right, right. So what'd you think about 1994? Um, you know, I, I liked this one. It wasn't my favorite, but I definitely enjoyed, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I really felt connected, oddly connected to Josh. He was mm. my favorite character in this one. Uh, the computer nerd introvert. It. Right, he's the nerdy introvert who has his internet friend and a murder board in his room. And oh, I yeah. feel like <laughs> like there's one point in this where I think it's uh I think it's Dina um like she asks him why he knows so much about killers. Yeah. And I'm like I related to that so hard. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> me you know like this is me having a conversation with my friend two weeks ago at a brewery you know and i randomly start talking about true crime stuff or like murder movies and which, uh, you know, which, they're like what which, which serial killer interests you the most right now oh man oh well oh, okay that's a tough one <laughs> <laughs> i mean because the, the the popular answers are maybe like john wayne gacy or ted bundy or the zodiac or there's been several uh, new-ish documentaries about uh, the Son of Sam. And yes, yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah, the Sons of Sam. That there, there's more than one. Yeah, yeah. That one. That one was wild. And I thought that the person. Okay, well, I'm going on a tangent about a completely different Netflix series. <laughs> is that okay? That is fine. We love tangents on this show. Yeah. Uh, I watched that and I thought the uh, person making the documentary kind of jumped the shark. Like the first couple of episodes were really good. And I thought, wow, this is really going somewhere. Like yeah. you've really found something. But then he kind of ceased to be objective after a point and was just chasing things that confirmed his theory. So he, mm. he kind of went off the rails a little bit, but it was still very entertaining to watch and still like raised some very good points about the case. Right. And it's probably like the only new take we've seen on it in, you know, 20 years. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, the only other one that that befuddles people is the. The Zodiac killer and yeah, and the, the fact that no one's really ever caught him and that everyone's got theories and there's people who have passed away that this guy could have been him or this guy could have been him. And um, those are the only two that are really befuddling still to this day, because we know who Richard Ramirez is. We know John Wayne Gacy is, we know Ted Bundy is, and um, those aren't really like mysteries, but those two are still mysteries, right? Right, right. yeah. So very good. Yeah. Okay, so, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
like relating that back to the series yeah when he has like, a, the, the whole murder board but i mean you live in a city where these murders happen every decade or so it's going to be right. it's going to interest somebody in that town right yeah you're going to have people and you know this is supposed to be taking place in like the uh budding days of the internet and at mm -hmm. some point um you know dina yells at him and she, she's like you know how expensive america online is yeah you know, yeah that was like spending too much time hey, and she says the, she doesn't say aol she says america online like the whole thing out loud and i i laugh i was like oh God. <laughs> um yeah the message but who wasn't in the, the the chat rooms in aol and back in the day though everybody was there everybody yeah. yeah like catch me on aim you know you would drop your aim <laughs> your <laughs> to aim people. your like, your status before there was facebook yeah. status mm -hmm. there was aim status yep yeah and, yeah <laughs> as soon as you could personalize that things just got out of control that's so. right <laughs> But yeah, no, Josh was super interested in, in what was going on. And he was like really at the front, uh, the front line. He knew about Ryan before anybody else did. You know, the yeah the intro scene where the um, Maya Hawk from uh, from Stranger Things gets killed. You think she's going to be a major role in this. And then she gets killed right away, you know, which was an obvious homage to Scream when with Drew Barrymore getting killed right away in the beginning of Scream. Right. I don't know if right. I spoiled that for anyone, but yeah, Drew Barrymore gets killed. <laughs> if you haven't seen scream by now what are you doing with your life please go watch yeah. it i understand that younger people exist and so there's always going to be new people to horror right like you know there's always going to be people who haven't seen friday the 13th or there's always going to be, be people who haven't seen scream but that one's really important so please you know if you haven't seen it go watch it yeah very important very if you enjoyed this movie you will enjoy that movie yeah, I think this movie might start a new trend of of a different style of horror in any way. It always seems like there's always like some new horror movie that comes out that will re-spark everyone's love for mm -hmm. the genre. And this might this might do it for a couple years until the next something comes out. Right. It'll be yeah, copycats. I, I think that yeah, I, I think that's good because like I don't know, the last time we had a major resurgence in the interest of horror, I guess was maybe the Saw franchise. Yeah, with the uh, with James I, Wan. I can't think of what might have been after that. Well, The Conjuring, but it's still James Wan. I mean, he went for like, he he started the Saw and it, he he did Saw and it started a whole was it murder porn, you mm -hmm. know, part of the genre, and then that's all he was known for. So then he wrote The Conjuring, which totally like was there's no gore in it. What's well, there, there's some killing, but there's no like hardcore gore like saw had right yeah it's not based on that and yeah. it's the it's the kind of uh you know based on the files of ed and lorraine warren part that right. really gets that kind of gets people in a, a different way right. like you're not watching for the murders you're watching it because like this is based on a true ish yeah. story well, and you know I, I i take that back real quick because he wrote insidious first which i love oh, i adore insidious true. He wrote that first to show that he's not only a murder porn guy and then based off insidious then he got the conjuring going and then now he's got that franchise and he's probably a billionaire somewhere in hollywood <laughs> yeah uh yeah we'll have to talk about uh the conjuring franchise more because you know i just did the rewatch of like the whole when the third movie came out i did a rewatch uh in chronological order of that whole franchise oh, in with one the day. nun and annabelle and all that stuff yeah yeah like the whole from start to finish but in chronological order not in release order and gotcha it, 
it's a whole different experience that way. Mm. But um, yeah, but as far as uh, 1994 goes, I, I enjoyed this movie. Um, there were some heavy handed things with the soundtrack. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I have some things about that. We talked about, um, or I mean, they talk about how some of the, well, maybe this is not heavy handedness, but some of the songs weren't even out in 1994. <laughs> right. Right. But there's, uh, my feeling was that there was somebody on the staff of this that really loved this music and really wanted to include just all of it. Yeah. And so instead of editing things down and being like, well, this song really would not have been, you know, really shouldn't be in this movie. They were like, nope, use all of it. Edit it into another song. Boom. What they call that? A, a anachronistic, I think is the proper term for that. The when it's Yeah, yeah. Like, well, this really doesn't here. <laughs> Yeah, like one of them was the Your Woman by White Town. It wasn't released until 1997. But it, it fit for like the the mood of the, the shot that they were in. It fit. When did Closer come out? Nine Inch Nails. Was that out in 1994? Um, I feel well, like it might have been. According to my readings right here, the only ones that were anachronistic was Only Happened When It Rains by Garbage and More Human Than Human by White Zombie weren't released until 1995. Your Woman by White Town wasn't released until 97. Machine Head by Bush was on their 1994 album, but wasn't released as a single till 1996. Right. And then Firestarter uh, by The Prodigy wasn't released until 96 as well. So, yeah, that that one might have been all right. Yeah, yeah, okay. That Yeah, that, so that one was okay. It, you know, it's close. It's like a close time frame. Right. But, I think, you know, not completely completely accurate yeah they called it 94 but maybe they're just trying to embody the 90s but one of my one of my pet peeves of the whole music thing was they didn't have a hip-hop song until like a half hour into the movie they had all these other songs all these pop songs and rock songs but then they didn't have i think it was it was a snoop song and it was like yeah when, you're right it was when kate you know when we met the drug dealer and then of course it was when we met the drug dealer and she listened to hip-hop or she they play hip-hop i thought that was a little Eh, you know, a little. You're like that's a little sketch, guys. Yeah, that's come on. Kind of sketchy. <laughs> I'm not trying to be woke, but come on. <laughs> right. But I was happy yeah. they they actually put it in there though, because I, I love hip hop. So, um, but '94 overall was good. It got kind of slow in the middle, because you know they had the 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 murder in the first like you know what five ten minutes, and then mm -hmm. and then nothing until the very end when they were in the mall and and then we had some really gory uh, kills. Yeah, I, I want to say I the, the mall is like the perfect setting in this trilogy. I love the mall scenes. Mm -hmm. I love the way that they use the mall. I love the filming. Like, I just, I thought this was a really, really good set, especially compared to some of the other sets were, you know, not as great, like the high school. And, you know, it's like, eh, this is kind of just stereotypical. But I love the way that they set up the mall. And I, I yeah, I thought that was like, I mean, there's a software, et cetera, right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. I'm, just, I'm obsessed with this idea. B. There was Dalton's. probably a Gadzooks. If, if I go back and watch it, there's probably a Gadzooks in this mall. Uh, but, you um, know, I, I, I forget the names of the stores that have come and gone, but I remember there was a, maybe it wasn't 90s, but I remember Emporium was big. Before there was a Macy's, there was Emporium. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, but, there. You know, if there had been like a Radio Shack or a like uh, I Magnum, a Circuit City <laughs> uh, service merchandise. That's what I'm trying to think. Of. Oh there yeah, had been a service merchandise. That would or that might have been service merchandise. Might have 
already started to go out and become Montgomery Wards or whatever it became. And then there Maybe was also what was some of the other old ones like uh, Best. I don't know if there were, you guys had Best out there. It was basically uh, you order online and then they they bring it out to you. It was almost like a you order well you don't order online you order through a phone and then you go pick it up. <laughs> it oh really? Weird. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that one. I don't know that one. But I think uh, oh journeys. Oh yeah yeah I remember journeys Journey. yeah. Journeys and I think journeys still exists. It's probably one of the only ones that is still. Pack Sun. Like Pack Sun yeah. Sun Coast. Goody. Sun Coast that was a big one Sun Coast. Right. Yeah, but I really like the way that they use this mall, except for, you know, the fact that they have a giant witch tree in the middle of their mall. <laughs> I, you know, I, I like the whole like nature inside of a, a building because a lot of malls do that. Well, they did that. There's not a lot of malls anymore, but I like the way they used to work that. But yeah, you figure this tree has history for 300 years in your in your two cities that have a bunch of killings have been taking place. Yet you still build a mall around it. Right. You built your whole mall around a cursed witch tree, your town. You get whatever you get at this point. <laughs> you were asking for it. I hate to victim blame Shady Side, but they built their whole town around a cursed witch tree. It's like there's the mall. Right. We're just gonna close in. We're not gonna pull this witch tree out. We're not gonna see what's under it. We're just gonna leave it right there with all the red moss. Which does look lovely. I, I will say it looks nice. The red moss, which I didn't realize was a thing until the very as until sixteen sixty six. But we'll get to that in a little bit. I just want to kind of go through the the plot of ninety four. We find that um, Dina, who's the main character, is it had broken up with her girlfriend who had moved to Sunnyvale, which was the the non cursed city of the two, the twin cities, if you if you will, and. Then she's upset because she's seen somebody else. Right. Well, she's upset because she's terrible. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> she's it's misdirected anger. She's mad at herself for breaking up, but she's taking it out on her ex um, for being right. with somebody else yeah. now. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's an in entitled teenage girl who thinks the world revolves around her. And so she's upset because she broke up with her girlfriend because her girlfriend had the audacity to move and live with her parents in a different town mm -hmm. with her and, mom. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know, she moved. So she broke up with her because she moved like as though the town isn't like 11 minutes away. Yeah. They, she acts like she moved like, you know, across country. Right. Yeah. But no, but you know, really she's, I think she's envious because, mm -hmm. you know, she wants to get out of Shadyside and she oh, doesn't know yeah. if she'll be able to get out of Shadyside. So she's upset that Sam basically got out. You know, she got out and she goes to like the good school where the murders don't happen all the time. But it was that animosity that led to the car crash, which led to them finding the bones of the witch, Sarah Fear. Right. Which is, you know, that's another thing because... How did how was this grave never found before? It's not like it was well <laughs> hidden. It's right off the side of the road, right? Covered in red moss and very shallow. It's like a very shallow grave. I feel like a dog, a stray dog, could have wandered. It? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, but I guess you know if there's some magical protection out there or whatever. I don't know, but like maybe the it, moss. It's amazing that this was never found. Maybe the moss uh, uh, hid the scent. If you were right. Yeah. It's like, it could be anything magic moss, but 
But they they easily found this, like, you know, she kind of just reaches her hand in and she pulls out bones and then... Right. Yeah. And they think at the beginning of... Oh, sorry. Just to go back. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. It was a completely avoidable accident. And you find... Like, I think that there's a connection there where, um, you know, she's about to throw the water out onto the car. Right. And which is a dumb thing to do. This is all a dumb thing to do. We shouldn't have the back door of the bus open. Why is the bus driver not pulling over or yeah? Who's, who's, the, who's the bus driver? Otto from The Simpsons. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> like what's happening on this bus? But you know, she's about to like dump this cooler out of the back of the bus onto the car, and her nose starts bleeding. And right. I, I think that her nose started bleeding at the time when they sort of passed by that grave and it's like it's well, bringing in that cursed person yeah cursed when, ancestor thing when i saw the nosebleeds i thought maybe that was a, a, a cue that that person's about to be cursed but really it's just more that they feel the, the evilness around that's the, that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. It's like your that, nose is bleeding because of a, like demonic oppression right i guess it's like <laughs> i'll just i'll just loop the conjuring back in we're gonna loop we're gonna loop that back in they're bleeding because of demonic oppression right but yeah yeah so she throws that out and then it causes the car to crash and uh you know sam is injured but she's not injured that bad but she starts coughing up blood and then you know they pull out the bones and she bleeds on this and yeah they, she sees the, the the visions and everything and of the sarah fear visions i guess you can call them the witch visions yeah, yeah. So, you know, she's like zapped back to the past in her head and she sees like this rapid flash of right. Like things that happened and and she bleeds on this cursed witch skeleton. Yeah. And then there's you know, they they try to get to the 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 police and they don't believe her. Um they ended up uh getting some of the killers start going after them, which uh they realize are attracted to Sam's blood. And so they use Sam's blood at the end as bait to try to get, to try to catch the killers, which they actually ca catch them and kill the, the reanimated killers. But then they ended up just coming back to life, like from the pus. Yeah. And that the... was a very good effort on their part, because I don't know if I would have been brave enough to do that or even think of that, you know, trap them and with kill the... them with the, with fire. Yeah. I don't know that I would have you know, been like, Let's trap them in a bathroom and set it on fire. I don't know that I would have thought that, but uh, that was a very good effort. And you feel you feel so dejected for them when these killers come back. Oh, I know. But right? you know that they you know that they have to because you know there's two more parts. So you're like, well, well this is not the end. Obviously, I thought maybe there's going to be more killers, and the other killers would have came after them. They they were going to each movie was going to use different killers, but they end up using most of the same ones. Right, yeah. You kind of get a little bit of an origin story for some of them. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. yeah. Um, then they uh, they find uh, there is a, a victim who actually survives. Her name is C. Berman. That's all they have information they have. And they found C. Berman. And they ended up... Uh, In the phone book. Yeah, that's true. Someone who's... Well, we'll get to it, but someone who's been trying to hide and trying to keep private has her name in the phone book. Like in the phone books, like why are you listed? Like you could have been unlisted. You have to. You, I remember back in the day, you actually had to ask to be unlisted. 
Otherwise, you would be right. listed. Yeah, you had to call and ask to have your phone number. It was not free. In the phone. It was free, but you, I mean, you have to actually put in an effort, and it doesn't seem like C. Berman put in any effort into anything. Except it's very for, confusing. Yeah. Right. It's like you're trying not to get murdered, but you're okay with being found. <laughs> so, Sam, by this point, Sam is possessed. So they figure C. Berman knows how to lift the curse because she survived it. So she survived. Maybe she can. They can help her, um, help them save Sam. Right. That's why they go and visit C. Berman. Right. And this. Uh, that's the end of '94, and then we start part two of Fear Street, which is 1978, which takes place in what's it called? Nightwing Camp. Camp Nightwing. Camp Nightwing, yeah. Which this whole movie is obviously a homage to Friday the Thirteenth, which takes place at Crystal Lake. Even the killer later on gets a hood that's reminiscent reminiscent of Jason's hood in nineteen in part two of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of people wearing jorts, jorts <laughs> and like uh, polo shirts. Yeah, so, you know this is very good. Unfortunately, there aren't a lot of men in crop tops. I'm trying to bring that back as a thing. So oh, they're, they're called um, muscle shirts, not crop tops. Uh, they are crop tops, though. <laughs> well, it, well, just like capris, uh, the guys call them clam diggers. Like, no, they're capris. <laughs> they're, yeah, those are man priests. You're wearing man priests. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. It's a good look. But let's just, you know, let's call it the same thing for everyone. If it's a crop top for me, it's a crop top for you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they they did a great job. I this was my favorite. This is my absolute favorite of the three. I love okay. this one. So uh, they they did a great job with the costuming and with the set of the camp and um, you know when they're getting ready for the color war and everybody's like outside painting and you know they're painting the signs and stuff. I I really really liked this one. I thought it was great. Out of the two, this is the one that seemed uh, like it was. What, which one of these themes? doesn't seem like the other because you have 1994 and the 19 or 1666 they go back to you know the 1600s you know when the the town first started and so yeah there's it's a different feel and different vibe but really it's the same characters in in the you know the same actors but this one is a, a separate like it just seemed different than the other two there wasn't any yeah, connectivity well, yeah, and this one is like the tangent inside of the story i mm -hmm. guess and this one is probably the one that they could have like left most of it out yeah but but it connects because this to one is like it's her telling her story of how she survived the right. killers which is also kind of silly yeah and how does she know what's going on in the scenes that she's not in right yeah like <laughs> <laughs> but somehow she but somehow she knows yeah she knew alice and and, and, and arnie were getting it on when cindy walked in <laughs> right it's like but how yeah how did she know that and everybody that could have told her died so <laughs> yeah yeah that's true yeah <laughs> yeah it's like everybody that could have told you that this happened like is dead so but you know she fills in the blanks and um it seems like if everybody's lives are in danger and somebody's possessed by an evil demon killer you probably could have just skipped all of that and just been like um the witch hand is under the tree in the mall and you need to go get that right yeah. instead of like telling your whole origin story but okay that's fine because it yeah made a good i'm gonna tell you about when will good burnt my arm <laughs> right yeah 
But you know, that, I that, love that. Yeah. I love the part where she calls him future sheriff just to drive that point home that he's now the sheriff of uh, Sunnyside. Yeah, so, there, there's a lot of heavy handedness in in this series. Yeah, with that with the they're like, we, we need to make sure you understand what we're doing here. They just mm -hmm. sort of drive that point home. But, yeah, well, the the witch's last name is Fear. Um, the goods they're called good. You know, the sheriff. You know. So, um, but we find out that uh, Z Berman is talking about um, the two sisters, Ziggy and and Cindy. Cindy is a uh, goody two shoes, and Ziggy is the the free spirit, free thinking um, quote weirdo. I think that's what they call them. They call mm -hmm. it right. And I gotta say, Sadie Sink is just phenomenal in this. She is by far my favorite character and actor in this whole fucking series. She's just brilliant. Yeah, she really she really did a great job with this character too. Right. Like a really great job. But um yeah, they they kind of uh she's like well, she, you know, she says like 24 hours later my sister would be dead. Mm -hmm. But it was still they managed to make that a very painful kind of scene like I was sad. I was like I somehow thought that she was going to survive like oh no, she's going to get through this but Right, one yeah. of them, one of them had to die because of that statement, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so they had the uh, um, they in the beginning they show that Cindy's like the goody two shoes, and even she's appalled by some of the other counselors and their act actions, and um, they end up finding um, Nurse Lane tries to kill Cindy's boyfriend Tommy because she believes that he's going to be the next one to be possessed, but that's only because she actually saw his name written on the wall and she knew exactly what that meant even i, I don't think at this oh, point we knew right, what that right. meant right we just like well why yeah we we don't know yet why that's happening but clearly it's bad mm -hmm. and you know she's there's always you know in the in the friday the 13th series but in a lot of horror there's a character that kind of knows what's up that mm -hmm. everybody thinks is crazy yeah and so that yeah, and so the nurse was, she was that character for this, where it, you know, she looks crazy because she's trying to kill Tommy, but guess what, everyone? She's right. <laughs> yeah, by the end. And by the end, you realize that she's right. and But it's too late. By that time, like, you know, whole, the half of the camp is dead. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So later on, we find out that um, Tommy gets possessed and starts killing people at a breakneck pace with like without any mercy. This guy is brutal with his axe, which I fucking love. I thought I thought it was a great um, twist because in the first one, everyone dies like by a knife. Well, this one's like an axe to the face. <laughs> yeah. And they, they kind of they really went with that because, you know, you you have like in the 70s, the emergence of the slasher genre is mm -hmm. really like. Uh, there were so many creative ways to die in <laughs> in slasher movies when they first started. And there was kind of like studios were just churning out these slasher movies. And you just had to like keep coming up with like worse and worse and worse ways for people to die. I don't know about worse, and but that, inventive. I think inventive yeah. is better. Yeah. Like, different. you know, people want to see like the axe to the face or, mm -hmm. oh, well, like um, the most brutal death in uh, 1994 was like the bread slicer. Right? Oh, yeah. That was really, that was, that was, Jesus. yeah. 
yeah, that was the most brutal. Uh, yeah, that one was hard to watch. Like, oh god. Yeah, but I had never seen that yeah. before. Yeah, but you get that kind of in-your-face slasher feeling. You know, it's like well, this I'm guy just will not stop killing. Yeah, like a Michael Myers type, even even Jason to a certain point. But I, I I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, the one of the things that I thought of right away um, when you said that was Friday Friday not Friday the Thirteenth, but Nightmare on Elm Street. Seemed like Freddy always killed his victims in a different way, and it became just, I think, just started running out of ideas. And so it just became more insane or inane, if you will, um, as the series went on. And, and Friday the 13th did the same, you know, kind of like Jason would kill his victims with whatever was close by. If he didn't have anything, it'd be a machete. And I think right. Saw did the same thing. And it kind of gets, uh, it gets old that so. Going back to 1978, when Tommy was just killing everyone with an axe, he's like, fuck it, this is my weapon. <laughs> this is what I'm going to be known for, is this axe. Right, yeah. Yeah, and they leaned into that, and they did a great job with it. Um, that's part of what makes this, mm -hmm. this um, movie one of the best ones. Right. And then uh, at some point, Tommy attacks Ziggy, but then Cindy comes and kills him. Well, st stops him anyway. He doesn't. She doesn't really kill him. because, And... Uh, that's when Alice comes and says, hey, I found the witch's hand. Shows him the witch's hand. And she starts bleeding and everything. And then she's sitting near Satan's stone where she dug it out. And it's all very evil down there um, under the camp. Right. Which is where everything the, started. Yeah. Under the under the camp. And then I guess, is this all under the mall now? Like, <laughs> Well, maybe the mall was built on top of it. But, but the camp was sitting on the old city of Union, which was this, the name of the town before they split apart and one became Sunnyvale, the other right. became Shadyside. Union, guys. Union. <laughs> We're together. And so, yeah, that was... It's, so that's where, obviously, we learn later that that's where Solomon Good's house was. Oops, did I spoil it? <laughs> <laughs> and the meeting house is... is Well, they call it the meeting house, but it was kind of like their de facto church was where the, the cafeteria right. was. And so this whole area is really cursed. They decided yeah. to build... Their fucking camp where they send their kids every summer on a cursed fucking plot of land. That's, you know, that seems par for the course. I'm pretty sure that I went so to far. a camp like that at some point. You know, like, some old Indian burial ground. <laughs> right. I mean, I live in Oklahoma, so it makes sense that it, you know, it would be. So, you know, like, yes, it's a cursed. I went to a cursed church camp. Right. When I was a kid. I'm pretty sure it was cursed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but. I think that one of the great things about this movie is like the it, the dialogue between the characters is a little it doesn't quite rise to the level of just being silly and campy mm -hmm. but it gets close and you know the things that the characters do you know it's like they're doing drugs they're having sex they're doing you know all of the things that teenagers do when they go off to camp Right. And then you have like your goody two shoes character, but they kind of at first seem like they're going to stick to that formula of only the kids who are doing something bad get killed. Hmm. So when the when a good character gets killed, you're really shocked, right? Like right. you're like, oh, well, I didn't think that was going to happen. And I, I really like that uh, that aspect of it. I do too. Um, that, that I think I I not blame, but I, I give credit to Game of Thrones for doing that for me. 
like killing off your favorite characters because before that i don't think that ever really happened your favorite characters usually survive right or definitely not to the extent that it happens in game of thrones where like <laughs> everyone you love can die right. no one is safe here everyone can die right. everyone can be a target and it's like just because you're a good person doesn't exempt you from being a part of this horror so yeah. I, I thought that was really a good part of it um i think something that didn't really work for me as far as this, like uh when they're trying to get rescued in the outhouse mm -hmm. and they send down the bucket like you're gonna ride this bucket up i'm sorry your shoulders do not fit through that <laughs> this I is a like, this, I, I thought of goonies when i saw this <laughs> that's so true like how, how's that yeah, rope in that bucket that must be uncomfortable and like it's gonna take more than one person to lift you up yeah and that rope is, is like sawing on the, yeah something's gonna break this is not gonna work you know obviously not gonna work and then you know tommy comes in with his axe and beheads um who's the character that gets beheaded in that scene oh uh was it ryan yeah yeah and then the body falls down like that body did not fit through that hole. The bucket barely fit through that hole. I was like, <laughs> it's like the bucket that they're putting down in the outhouse, like mm -hmm. barely fits through the hole. And I'm pretty sure they could have just like taken that off, but they never did. Every time they show it, it's like covered and the bucket barely fits. So there's no way that Ryan's headless body that his shoulders fit through there. It's like, did they jam him? It's like he didn't just fall in there yeah because it was screaming. it was the outhouse like you're you're literally underneath the toilet how do you get through the toilet yeah like this is not gonna work guys you should try <laughs> something else but that's fine we're still gonna try it surprise surprise it didn't work but whatever <laughs> like uh but you know there i have very few complaints about this one like i really enjoyed this this movie so um yeah was there anything that you thought was like not quite right or a little off um no well yeah it's kind of like some of the nitpicks that you've done it's like but, but like we we mentioned you got to kind of suspend disbelief so you know in some horror movies otherwise you know you're never gonna really be entertained right yeah if you're spending your your whole experience picking it apart then you're never gonna enjoy it for what it is and that's right uh, and overall this movie was very enjoyable um the, I thought the pacing was really good in this one. Better um, than the first, yes. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I thought, like you said, it did get a little slow. The first one, mm -hmm. 1994, got a little slow in the middle. But, you know, you kind of have to deal with a lot of setup and stuff in a right, first yeah. movie. So, you know, willing to do that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, with 1666, I thought, like, the beginning was slow. But again, there's a lot of, like, character building and stuff that you have to do. Yeah, establishing. Because even though the same actors, there's there's new dynamic between all the characters. But by the end of 1778, or 1978, excuse me, um, we realized that C. Berman is actually Ziggy. The whole time during the movie, you thought C. Berman was Cindy. But it's not. Right. It, it's the sisters. It's uh, the Sadie Sink's character who grew up and, and lived because Nick Good, the future sheriff, saved her life because he had a thing for her. Right. And if he hadn't saved her life, everything would have turned out much differently. Right, yeah. So, you know, I guess uh, in one aspect, you, there is a redeemable quality about Nick. 
Well, we later find just, out. Just the one. Just, just the, the one. one redeemable quality. Um, let's see here. And then they end up, uh, that's when they, they know where the, the body is. They know where the hand is. And so Dina and Josh go to the Shadyside Mall, which is built after the closure of Camp Nightwing, and dig it out uh, from that same tree like you mentioned before. There's a fucking bloody hand or a, a skeletal hand. You didn't see this when you were building the fucking mall? You just right, no, up. this was fine. And <laughs> and no kid has ever come along and just like played in this dirt and found a hand. Like yeah, that. it I wasn't very like deep. As well. Yeah, it wasn't very yeah. deep. They didn't they they were lazy back in the sixteen hundreds when they dug graves and <laughs> buried hands. Apparently they buried things about like seven inches deep. <laughs> just enough to, to cover it. Uh, right, yeah, just enough to cover the skull. And then when when Dina puts the body with or the hand with the body, her nose starts to bleed, and she sees a vision of Sarah Fear, and she's in 1666. She and she is Sarah Fear, and that's how 78 ends and how 1666 starts. Yep. And 1666, I got all I got to say was I loved it for the fact that they use all the characters from the first two movies and put them in the bodies of the people in 1666 i i like that i thought it was something i've never seen before um it's almost kind of quantum leap but on a grander scale <laughs> it was um but do you how close like did dina really have control of what sarah was doing or was it just she was just living in her bones or her body what do you think you know i don't really think that you know that's hard to say because on one hand I would like to think that she did not have control over it because, right. you know, why would she let all this happen? And, you know, but at the same time, it's almost like a, is there some sort of genetic imperative here that is causing this like cycle to repeat this, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like your ancestral tie is so strong that you have trouble fighting it internally and you just kind of go with Mm -hmm. what you're feeling so but yeah I, th I think he i think she just was living through her eyes and had no um uh, control of what her actions were I, that's the way i i looked at it yeah i i think that could be true um i'm not really sure what the director intended but or what the writers intended but yeah it i really liked that they use the same actors as well like i feel like they kind of they needed to lean into that because I don't think it would have been as good mm -hmm. or as obvious had they just used actors, different actors that kind of resembled right. the rest of them. So I, I feel like you need that to kind of drive home that this is that ancestral connection and like all of these people that you're seeing in the present, which is in 1994, have all of this like history in the town before. So I think it's really important I know a lot of people didn't like that, like from reading reviews online, people were frustrated yeah, with yeah. that, but I, I thought it was really the, the best way to go. So. I think, uh, I think you're, you hit every nail on the head right there. I think that it was the way to go and it was, it led to more inventive storytelling and a, a very entertaining, very entertaining to watch. Um, in 1666, obviously things are different. There's a different, um, the lifestyles are different you know there's no internet there's no there's no mm -hmm. america online there's no uh there's no electricity it's almost kind of like uh living like an amish style because the only 
you have candles and that's it <laughs> and and you have right very very plain clothes and very puritanical and and that was evident in the the relationships between people because the dina well i guess i should call her sarah in this um her best friend who was played by the same actor as samantha uh, was hannah and she was the the preacher's daughter and it turns out that they had the same type of relationship that Dina and Sam had. Right, which would absolutely not have been acceptable. And you have this really cool kind of juxtaposition, which was something that really happened historically between mm -hmm. um, sort of folk knowledge and things that we know worked and, you know, like folk medicine and these berries will get you high. I still don't mm -hmm. know what these berries were. But, you know, it's like folk medicine. These berries will get you high. We know how to make booze. You know, teenagers still want to go have fun. They still want to, like, dance and party. Right. And these more uh, Quaker, puritanical Christian beliefs of the time of, like, all of these things are evil. Anything we don't understand serves the devil. And, you know, even... Even just knowing how to cure an illness using like herbal medicine mm -hmm. could have been considered witchcraft at that time and right. often was. So, you know, thing things like being a lesbian or, you know, rejecting a man's advances, like all of these things could kind of get you in trouble or reflect poorly on you in a way, or just, just being a woman with an opinion. Right, yeah, and and the fact that uh, that the uh, did they call her the witch Mary or just the 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 lady Mary who lived off by herself was ostracized because they called her a hag. I think I okay. feel like at some point one of the men called her a hag, but I don't think they called her. A, I don't think they ever specifically said witch. But she was ostracized because she actually started believing, or she she laid with the native or something like that, right? And she used to practice. Yeah. Well, obviously she practiced witchcraft because that's where the book came from. But she believed in those things you were talking about, how the, there's uh, medicine in, in nature instead of just praying, praying your illness away. <laughs> there's actually right, uh, right. science involved. In, and if you just w go out there and, and try new things. So since she was a free thinker, she was ostracized. And that's where they go and discover the book where you can make a deal with the devil and also looking but they were just looking for berries like you mentioned they, they i want to know these berries too man <laughs> like right it's like what were these what were these berries like is yeah. there a berry somewhere in america that if you eat it you're gonna trip balls or could they just not be heavy-handed and be like they were mushrooms guys they were they were mushrooms everybody was picking yeah that seemed exactly yeah. the type of trip that they were on was a mushroom trip yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, maybe they used berries instead of mushrooms in this case, but the kind of the thought is the same. Right. It was... And they made Applejack. Have you ever had Applejack? Do you know what Applejack is? No, it's a liquor made from apples, right? Yeah, it's like an apple, like a moonshine, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, you it's just fermented rotten apples, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's something that like early settlers made all the time and uh, like from their apple cores. So people would just make it at home. So it wasn't really like a weird thing to have in your mm -hmm. house so that kind of when they're having that meeting about you know the incident or whatever and i can't remember the character's name but he's gonna call them out for 
witchcraft because they rejected his advances oh, and then Caleb. He saw them later. Caleb, yeah. So Caleb sees them he gets rejected. Basically he has a boner in front of everyone and is embarrassed at the, <laughs> the at the dance of the party in the woods. He has a boner in front of everyone. He gets rejected. He gets laughed at, made fun of. So he takes off and then later on he sees them our two female characters kissing, right? That's what happens. Did I leave anything mm-hmm. out there? Um, so, no, you, you know, it. so he's being vindictive when he goes and starts telling people what he saw. Oh, yeah. Clearly they, they bewitched him. His boner was not his fault. He was <laughs> under the influence of the lesbian witches. And I mean, but who hasn't been? Who hasn't been under the influence of some lesbian witches these days? I feel like me all the time but he he gets mad and vindictively <laughs> goes and like calls them witches <laughs> he's like with this is witchcraft and someone else comes out in the crowd and they're like you know we're just young people young you know, nothing happened out there we were just having fun we were drinking applejack it was no big deal and then you know that person is basically like nah it was definitely witchcraft you know so one person comes in and tries to be the voice of reason and just gets sort of tossed to the side. But um, that that whole storyline I thought was really, really sad. It was just right. everything. Everything was so explainable and avoidable. And, you know, there was no witchcraft and, you know, gay people exist. And it's <laughs> like... Uh, the, the dog dying in the well, I think, was another thing that made people c- cry witchcraft. So, like, they thought she drowned the dog. Well, she didn't drown the dog. That crazy guy drowned her dog because he was mad at her. Right, Thomas? Yeah. And, it, God, what was the other thing? So, there was the dog, the dog, the kissing, the and pig, there was something uh, eat her else. Babies. The pig, that's right. Oh, that scene was pretty disturbing, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that scene was pretty disturbing. But, you know, that's that's something that happens with pigs sometimes. It's like... Yeah. It, it happens. Well, it happens with a lot of animals, but, you know, sometimes animals will oh, yeah. kill you know or cannibalize I, their babies. I used, to have, uh, I used to have hamsters when I was young, and one of them got pregnant and had babies, and the next morning they were all gone. Yeah, it, it happens. Like, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's not something that happens a lot, but I can see if you were superstitious, how you might take that as a sign of evil right. in your presence instead of being like, well... That's just something that happens in nature sometimes, and we don't understand it. But, you know, in this case, it's like anything you don't understand is automatically, like, attributed to the devil or to something evil. And, you know, so, like, the the entire witch trial could have been prevented. Right. And this, this movie was a homage to the witch. And, of course, that's it has a lot of basis on the, the whole Salem witch trials, and you could just... Oh. I don't know if you read the Crucible. I read that when I was a uh, um, when I was mm-hmm. in high school, and that's all. Yeah. All that was. I mean, it happened. You know, if, if some someone did something you didn't like, all you have to do is call them out as a witch. And there was really no. It was very hard to defend yourself after that point because there was a lot of people right. believed in witchcraft and 
that it was evil and, and so if anything was out of the norm you could just scream witch and then you were almost like you didn't you didn't have to prove it they had to prove you wrong yeah they yeah it's like they had to prove they weren't a witch you didn't really have to prove they were all you had mm-hmm. to do is say well she sent her spirit out on me i totally saw her spirit in a dream <laughs> you know the one nitpick i had going back to the the party in the woods was i thought there was too many kids out there like it seemed like all the kids were out there when there would have been a right, few, there but there would I, not have been that many people in this village. Yeah. And it seemed like all the kids are there. I think maybe half of the kids would have came out because the other half would have been very pure and listened to their parents because not every kid rebels. Because you can go back right. to and look at Cindy from 1978 and she wasn't a rebel. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, there probably would have been half the number of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like the ratio of of creepy older dudes trying to hang out with the younger chicks was pretty accurate, though. I okay. felt like that even to the state. <laughs> <laughs> right, I feel like that was pretty accurate. There were the creepy older dudes, but yeah, um, that's really like I I felt like the beginning of this was slow, but it picked up quick, mm-hmm. and it, the whole thing. The witch trial and everything to me was more sad than scary yeah and i know a lot of people's complaint with this is that they thought they were gonna get some crazy like witchcraft like uh scenes or you know they're gonna get some crazy scenes of her like putting a hex on the whole town and you know her doing witchcraft but i i think that the point was that she was turned evil by her circumstances she wasn't initially a bad person. She was right. just a misunderstood person. Well, yeah. Well, at and this then, point, yeah. At this point, she's like, "Well, if they think we're witches, well, let's give them a witch." And so she goes to Mary's cabin out in the woods, and the book is gone, and she sees Mary dead. And then when she goes to seek solace with Solomon, that's when she and then he hides her in the basement, and that's when she finds the uh, what do you call it in the ground the the inscribed circle and realizes that yeah. he is actually the one who made the deal with the devil and she he offers her to be uh you know his woman and and have and share in all the the goodness but she didn't want that she right she's like see i'm not gonna share in the glory of satan with you no <laughs> right yeah um hard pass. and so then she ends up uh assuming all the blame for everything that happened but she before she died she put a curse on solomon um but you know i guess we we kind of gloss over the fact but during that scene when she's rejecting him um and he attacks her and he ends up cutting her hand off and that's how her hand gets separated from her body right and so then uh um she ends up dying for everybody um and then her friends who um who believed her the whole time including uh, um what's her hannah um end up mm-hmm grabbing her uh, body where they where they initially buried her and going and hiding her body so no one could mess with it right because if anything she was a martyr why the body wasn't like really in a well-dug grave yeah (laughs) because they were just they they didn't know how to dig a proper grave right and then uh, at that point we get back to 1994 part two and then that's when dina visions and visions vision ends and her and josh are in the in the woods and nick good happens upon him and they hide from him and they are able to steal his car 
<laughs> and they that took off. was amazing. I love that. Like, like, uh-huh. Yep. Steal a police car. This is fine. This is great. Yeah. Well, they knew uh, he was, yeah. he was the, the, he knew he was the bad, they knew he was the bad guy. So they had no problem with stealing the sheriff's car at that point. Yeah. But, but now it, the stakes feel higher now that they know he's in league with the devil and they know who he is. Mm-hmm the stakes feel higher all of a sudden because now they this is your big bad you know like you're dealing with all of these like monsters who are scary and all of these like zombie killers like okay those are scary but you find out that the sheriff is he's the uh he's the big boss of the thing that you have to eventually defeat and you have to figure right. out how you're gonna and meanwhile how you're gonna is, do that. is is the reanimated killers keep coming back to defend him at any point so that the deal with the devil stays so the deal with the devil was he would give him like riches and power as long as he sacrificed one person every so often every anytime he asked which turns out it was always a shady cider right Right. so then that that's that's what the deal was and so that's why all of sunnyvale is which is funny because i used to live i used to live in a town called sunnyvale back in california (laughs) So I, I kind of popped for that, but it wasn't, it wasn't, we didn't have a shady side next to us. Um, that's why everyone in Sydneyville had like really nice houses and had really fun, or, you know, not fun, but, uh, um, well-kept families and they all had success when shady side was like the slums and, and people were, there was killers and they had to worry about where the next meal was coming from and this or that. Right. It's like one town is an idealized suburb and the other town has real world, real world problems, plus a bunch of murders. Yeah, so, there you go. Like, yeah. So they end up uh, going back to the mall and they devise a plan with the, uh, what's his name? Martin, the, uh, the janitor mm-hmm. there, because he knows the mall like the back of his hand. Plus, he has a thing against Nick. Uh, the sheriff. Right. He sheriff does good. not like the sheriff. The sheriff has been harassing him. Plus, he owes he owes Josh a favor because in the first one, Josh gave him a, a what do you got? I forgot. He he slipped him something at the uh, at the police station to uh, help him car. escape. Um, he or uh, the like a pick paperclip paperclip. That's I can't right. Think of the word paperclip. Jeez. Yeah, he slips him a paperclip to like unlock his handcuffs yeah. so he can escape. So yeah, so, yeah. He, so he, he does. So he drops a card on the floor and slips him a paperclip so that he can slip his cuffs and, and get out of jail. That's right. So yeah, um, he does. He does owe Josh a favor. So he he joins up with them, uh, but they don't really yeah, mention that. Yeah, and that's that. such a great scene. That's a great scene though when they roll up in a stolen oh, cop <laughs> that's car. That's right. With the lights he's on. Just like he has no problem with this at all. He's just like, bet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, at first he thinks he's there to harass him some. And then he realized that he rolled, Josh rolls the windows down. It's like, hey, we're, what did he say? I forgot exactly what he said. Like, we're going to go kill Sheriff Nick. You want to help us? <laughs> yeah. He's like, we got to go kill Sheriff Good. You want to help us? He's like, yep. Yeah. Like, no thought. No thought. No. No hesitation. How did you get this cop car? What yeah. did you, no questions at all. <laughs> yeah. That's so the, a real ride or die right there. It's like, no questions at all. I roll up in a stolen police car and tell you I got to kill the sheriff. And you're just like, yeah let's go <laughs> like what, what took you so long <laughs> <laughs> so they get to the mall they they set up traps in the mall they uh they they use ziggy as bait to get uh to drop the bucket of sam's blood on on nick good so that the the what do you call it the uh 
the killers will go after Nick, you know, basically kill their the right. person they're they're there to protect. That's uh, the whole right. thing. And um Which is a really good like again, not sure that I would have thought of that. It's yeah. a really good idea. But ends up Ziggy gets some of the blood on her because Nick grabs her. Um But then uh Nikki basically Dina comes down D Dina's the one who kills him eventually. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when the, uh, the the killers disappear and Sam snaps out of it. Uh, because, well, I'm sorry, I kind of... Let me backtrack you real skipped, quick. You, yeah, you skipped over a couple things there, but... Yeah, because they, they end up going into the tunnels underneath the the mall, which is still there. Which, like we mentioned before, the, the construction company didn't notice. Right. You built a whole ass mall. I mean, maybe this was the Devil's Construction Company. Or, maybe. you know, or this was... This was owned by Nick Good. He owned the mall the whole time. You don't know, like yeah, that's true. Know. They could have used the mall as a disguise to keep it um, under wraps, so no right. one. It's like you know, we got to keep our like demon tunnels, our satanic tunnels, mm-hmm. just hidden. Yeah, because we're gonna build a mall over it. In '78, you're able to pull someone out with a rope in a bucket, and so. As far as I know about construction, you want to build as deep as you go high, so they wouldn't have found these. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like eight inches below the mall. <laughs> there is a devil's tunnel, which makes me wonder <laughs> about my local mall because we did have, like you said, malls had that like outdoors inside kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, in in the nineties and and two thousands, and and our mall did have that. So now I wonder. Now I have to go find out if there's tunnels under our mall. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're running through the the tunnels and everything. Um, Sam, Sam actually almost like attacks Dina, and because she right. escaped, and then she's able to talk her way out of it. You know, like talk to the good in the person that because she's still in there. She's not dead. She's not a reanimated killer like the rest of them are. And she so she's uh she can actually put her down. And then Nick Nick comes pins Dina down, nearly kills her. But uh, D- Dina is able to expose Nick to the pile of beating organs, which gives him a mm-hmm. vision of his all of his killers, victims. Then that's when Dina kills him and causing all the victims to disappear. Who are about to kill all the, you know, all the good people upstairs, you know, Josh and Martin right. and Ziggy. Yeah, it's like it's a very tense build up to that where, mm-hmm. you know, we have all of these like separate scenes with people getting chased and people, you know getting attacked and one of the doors doesn't close all the way and like all this stuff happens mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a very like tense moment for this where like everybody's about to die but suddenly no right and that's a, uh the, the the possession is lifted and um dina and sam come out of uh it looks like into the house of nick good because it's the good house because if we see the family tree we see the the black candles that are surrounding the uh the family tree um i don't know if you noticed but there's like a uh, stuff um what they call taxiderm like um but it's goats? just goats yeah it's just goat heads everywhere like goat heads um it's a pretty cool look but who would not walk into this house and be immediately suspicious of this person it's like right. oh you got a lot of black candles and goat heads like that seems <laughs> fine <laughs> nothing to see here but everything was clean and nice so you know <laughs> right it's like all like white and everything's from pottery barn i mean maybe they sell goat heads at pottery barn i guess i gotta look but <laughs> <laughs> like yeah but it, it's kind of uh it's a very nice 
grandiose kind of house that's just decorated with very suspicious decorations. Yeah. Which makes sense to Nick, but everyone else would be like, wait, wait a minute. Um, and then they walk out of the house and they see Mercedes backing out of a driveway, gets plowed by a dump truck, I think, or, a, a, or, or a, a garbage trash, truck. A garbage truck, maybe. Yeah. And so yeah, that's like a garbage truck. And everyone around them, I liked that scene because everybody is so shocked because mm-hmm. they, these people have never seen a bad thing happen yeah. in their lives because they live in Sunnyvale. So they've never seen like anything bad. This is the first bad thing these people have seen happen in their lives. And I think mm-hmm. that's the, that's the moment when you know that the curse is broken. Right. Yeah. They, they didn't waste time to, to let you know that the curse was lifted. Um, and then we see Martin finding he's trying to sell a CD Walkman <laughs> on the back of his truck or a trunk. And, uh, Oh, that's right. But it's like this giant, huge. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. And then the, the girl comes up and she's like, actually, if you did this, it, you know, yeah, basically like, she, you could make this a lot smaller. Yeah. Tell him how to build an iPhone ba- or an iPod. <laughs> that's yeah, what she's saying. Yeah. Basically tell him how to build an iPod. So it's pretty, that's kind it, of fun. It was a good ending. But, uh, yeah. But that's I, not the ending you know, ending. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like we still... Yeah, the, so then they show, you know, everyone at the mall and the, the camera tracks through and goes down into this vent and goes down through the tunnels. And for some reason, the police marked all the evidence, but then just left it there. And someone comes and steals the book. We don't know who it is. Um, definitely a larger... Like, because these police clearly have never had to actually deal with crime before. So oh, yeah, it was Sunnyvale, huh? Like, it's very confusing. They're like, we don't actually, we've never had to solve crime, so we'll just leave all of this here. Mm-hmm. This is fine. Someone will pick it up. <laughs> yeah, there's not, there's not going to be a trial. We'll just leave it. Well, you know, well there is. There's going to be Nick Good was, uh, what do you call it, arrested for serial killing, and then I think Will Good was arrested for something else. That you're right. I totally I forgot about that. So yeah, it is weird that they didn't pick up the evidence of all the serial killings. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the <laughs> mid, they mid, just left it. Mid credit scene. Yeah, there's, there's someone takes it. So this leaves. You know that there is rumors, or there's I don't know if there's rumors, but there is talk about there's going to be more Fear Street. So this might lead to something else, or this is just an open ending that was done on purpose, and they might go back and and relive some of the other killers, or just a whole new set of movies that are based on fear street but aren't in this um this this saga yeah you know i would like to see kind of uh uh what happens with the book like who took it and you know have it be a completely different character Mm -hmm. i you know what i could really i could really go for like um early 2000s emo character like okay you know yeah, like just an early two thousands emo, like sixteen year old with the double lip piercings and like the bangs that go over. <laughs> Listening to My Chemical Romance and yeah, yeah, I-, I could really like I I think that would be a great place for this to go. You know, just to start, <laughs> just to start off like a new uh, series of movies, and um, you know, you could start and, and using their like, parents were goth. You can go. You yeah. can go back to '80s and do goth and how they all kind of feed off each other. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that you could have goth dad. Just mm-hmm. have like <laughs> you could have a lot. Uh, there's there's still a lot that they could do with it and uh, a lot of places they could go. But um, 
that's that's the one that I want to see. I want to see a two thousands emo emo uh, throwback character. That's, I'm not. That's I'm not against. I'm not against that at all. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think it'd be super fun. So, if you said seventy eight was your favorite, how would you rank the other two again? I forgot if you said that or not. Uh, I think sixteen sixty six is my least favorite. Okay. And that's that's literally only because I really liked Josh's character in nineteen ninety four. Okay. And if if his character had been written differently or had been any different, I probably would reverse that order and say sixteen sixty six was better. Okay. That's that's fair. I mean, I don't think there's a wrong rankings. Everyone's got their own. They're entitled to their own opinions. So I've never disagreed with anyone's ranking because that's your own personal thing. Personally, I like 1666 the most because of the the way they use the characters twice for a second time. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. I'd never seen anything like that. So I like that. Um, that that particular aspect. And I'll tag on the the 1994 part two because they are in the same um, viewing streaming, if you will. Uh, number 78 was my second favorite. I, I just love the whole thing. I think Sadie Sink, like I said, was the by far the best thing in this whole series. And the story was great. And the killer was awesome. Um, and then 1994 was my least favorite only because it, it was slow. It was slower than the others. Although it set up everything. Like you said, it had to be slow. Because if you look at this, not as three movies, but as one movie, you have mm-hmm. Act 1, which sets everything up. Act two, which is always stellar, and Act three, which wraps everything up, and this—that's what the way I view this whole series. It's actually just one movie, and they're all three right. different acts. Right, and you have to. There's a line that you have to toe, and this is with all movies, but in horror movies, this gets messed up a lot. Mm. Where you have to build the characters enough that people care if they die. Yes. But you also don't want to spend so much time doing that that people get bored. And you have to kind of find where that line is. And, you know, I think while 1994 seemed a little bit slow, if it hadn't been slow, we would not have cared whether or not these people died. It would have just been like a popcorn slasher at that point. You know, Mm -hmm. you have no emotional connection to the characters if you don't know what their story is. Right. Yeah, I, so, I like it. So, you know, like knowing who they are as people, like you really, you care more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that they kind of did all of that. And we went through that at the beginning of 1994. And again, at the beginning of 1666, we kind of did a little more of that character building. But, yeah. you know, they had, it, to, yeah. they had to quicken the pace of that one because of the, the part two of 94 at the end. Right. So I yeah. appreciate I, that. I almost felt like that could have been two movies i feel like this almost could have been four parts mm-hmm. because, i don't, you know, I don't, I don't think there been... was enough of 90 part 94 part two to make a full movie there was a lot but i don't think there was enough and maybe that's why they mm-hmm. ended, tagged it on yeah because yeah because you know trying to stretch it might have been a little over the top a little boring right so trying to stretch it into a full hour and a half two hours versus combining those two but overall I, I liked the format of it and i thought that was really well done mm-hmm. um the i like the direct lead-ins so you know you get that direct connection from movie to movie to movie and oh, i yeah. i, I like that it made me anticipate because uh i didn't watch it where i could binge watch it and i yeah. had to wait the week between it really did make me anticipate more like 
oh, okay. Well, now I got to find out what happened. It was a, a good cliffhanger without mm-hmm. being too entirely frustrating. Right. Like, you don't have to wait too long, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It was just a week, so it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like you had to wait another year like you would if this was in theaters. Right. So. Um. All right. Thank you so much, Amanda, for taking time. I know this took a lot yeah, out of your absolutely. day. And I really love and maybe we should we could do a um a conjuring uh what do you call it re recap at some yeah, point yeah i future. mean if, if you want to i'm down i have a whole lot of thoughts on that and I gotta, but, I, you know like i said i did that in the chronological order yeah so i gotta it, rewatch a them different now, experience then. yeah uh well you're committing yourself to a large chunk of time because there's more movies than i remembered there being but yeah there's, there must be what like eight or nine movies now yeah, it's like eight movies. Yeah. So, yeah, I got some. Uh, I have time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, if you want to do that, we can do that sometime. We can set that up. And uh, thank you for having me on. It's always fun. Always a pleasure. All right, you have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. You too. All right, bye.